0: Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and three hundred and sixty-five-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.
1: Hello, welcome to Film Fandango, the film podcast. My name's David Reed, and this is Marit Larwood. Hello, listeners. It's Christmas delivered. <laughs> it's Christmas delivered, guys so so near um now this is a podcast all about films Marek have you seen a film or have i seen a film i forget which one of us has <laughs> seen a film
2: i think in this is episode about 200 or something yeah that was possibly <laughs> the
1: worst Ever. I quite enjoyed it. Stop I might just film. do that's a new catchphrase. Have you seen a film? <laughs> no or have it. I seen a film? Which one do you want to talk about? It's first? like a
2: poetry for sort of backward kids. <laughs> we have both seen <laughs> a film.
1: Buddy's enjoying it. Hello, buddy. Like, buddy's up and excited. Um, yes, I saw a film a while back, actually, a few week, uh, weeks back now for Halloween. Um, took a chance, took a punt mm-hmm. on a. Uh, sort of horror film. Um, not au fait with this man's work, but had heard you know he's got a reputation. It might be all right. I saw Eli Roth's Knock oh. Knock. Now, Eli Roth. For people not in the know, it uh, was responsible for the first, if not the second, and later Hostel films. Um, he is as well as a torture think, porn man. Uh, he's yeah, as well as Green Inferno, which came out more recently about. People being tortured by cannibals in the rainforest or something. Uh, and I didn't realise, if you don't want to know what he looks like, he is... He is the Jew Bear, is his character, in Inglorious Bastards. Um, which I think he spoilt the joke of. Because uh, it was sort of an in-joke that this formidable monster that the Nazis were afraid of... In uh, Brad Pitt's gang, was known as the Jew Bear... And then in that scene, if you remember from *Inglorious Bastards*, where all you can hear is the baseball bat knocking against the walls. And then out comes, in Quentin Tarantino's mind, his short friend Eli Roth. He thought it would be funny that he's more of a sort of Wolverine, berserker character than an actual bear. But because presumably he's vain, uh, Eli Roth really, really bulked up for the part. And so spoilt the joke. Mm. But anyway. um, So Eli Roth's knock-knock is a horror film uh, starring Keanu Reeves as a father whose uh, wife and kids have gone on a trip and he's staying at home working as an architect, as all people in American films are. And uh, a couple of uh, sexy ladies end up ringing his doorbell late at night saying that they're trapped in the rain. I've seen
2: trades for this.
1: Um, And anyway... They have ulterior motives. Um, Uh Uh-oh. Yeah, so without spoiling anything past about the halfway mark, they try to seduce him and then blackmail him and all sorts of stuff. Um, It's basically um, a horror story for people who can't keep it in their trousers. Um, Oh, so... for people who, who bone over a lot. Uh, well, who who are unfaithful, I guess. And is it good? Marek, I can tell you I've learnt so much watching this film. Bitches be crazy. Um, no, Did it, he say that? No, but... Um, I've never seen an Eli Roth film before. I didn't know what to expect. I thought at least, even if it was sort of horrible, it would at least have some sort of skill and flair to it. Mm-hmm. This is the one of the worst films i've ever seen is in my horrible. entire life that is almost what is is unforgivable about it it isn't even gory or tense it's just inept Basically, there's two hot women and that seems to be their only personality traits is that they're male fantasies. One of them's played by Eli Roth's wife, who seems to have been in his last five films. Not that that's a bad thing, but she isn't very good. And, um, and they just seduce Keanu Reeves and then make his life horrible. But without... You know the whole story thing of Escalation, where... Mm. If you have something bad happen... If something else similar is going to happen... It should probably be worse... Otherwise what's the point of it? It's just boring. doesn't even follow that. They do a terrible thing... And then some very minor things... And he reacts like they're worse. Like they, <laughs> I don't care about spoiling this film. It's shit. Um, they kill his best friend... At the exact point in a film where someone is supposed to die. Is his best friend a dog? No, his best friend is an art dealer. Um, and then later they they break a sculpture and he acts like it's a bigger deal than his friend being killed like it is so poor this film it every if you think about stu- student filmmakers movies from slightly horny um 19 to 20 year olds who are suddenly given the power of writing and directing something they nearly always make it um a bit violent and hopefully try and get a hot girl to take a top off in it. Yeah. That is exactly what this film is, with no creativity or even flair for making films. It's so boring, and it, it just does nothing. And it's sub those student films, except it's got this weird thing that the hot girl he's convinced to take her clothes off in his film is also his wife. She takes her clothes off? Yeah, and screws Keanu Reeves. Like, it's really... That is a bit weird. Well, actually, it's the other one thinking about it who does that, but they're interchangeable. Like, it is is laughably shit. I cannot understand how this man has a career. Well, I have listened to interviews with him, and he doesn't sound like a pleasant person. Watching this film, you wouldn't think it's like, oh, he's horrible, because, you know, there are... Films that have been accused of being torture porn that are actually, you know, pretty gross and probably unnecessary, but well-made and interesting stories. The first Saw film is a very good film. The others that follow are just, you know, pap, but and sort of fun enough if you, you know, you find some sort of horror tension in the fact someone is going to be hurt. That is what that stuff actually is it's not in the seeing someone put their arm through a circular saw it's the fact that they have to do it themselves and the anticipation of it is actually the the sort of adrenaline rush this film doesn't even do any of that it's nothing the script feels like it's been written by a a like a 20 year old ad executive who's on coke like that seems to be the view of the world that it is it's I would guess, from watching this film, that Eli Roth is mentally subnormal. I genuinely would. It is so crap. The dialogue's abysmal. Nothing happens you care about. It's like, the moral of it that seems to be, um, well, if girls throw themselves at you, then of course you're going to sleep with them. You can't be blamed for that. But imagine if they tried to make your life misery, hey guys? Wouldn't that be the worst? It's as retarded as that, as a premise. Mm. It is dog shit. So I've seen Hostel
2: and Hostel 2. I started watching it. I stopped watching. Hostel is a horrible horror film, but it is quite scary. Yeah. And it, and because it's quite realistic, it's about these three American guys who decide to go to sort of t- to Eastern Europe and they meet these hot girls, and they're going to get pissed, and they're traveling, yeah. and it all goes badly wrong, and they get part of this release. And it, also, it is, it's not good, but it's a really is. Well, it's that's what number. I was expecting. But, but, I, I was Hostel expecting to, at least an
1: adeptly made film. But
2: Hostel Two, for me, really crossed the line. I heard interviews with him, and he was accused of this torture porn thing, and Hostel held its own as a film. Hostel Two was a weird thing where there was a sort, odd sex element to killing someone, an unnecessary, uh, gratuitous sort of violence and sexuality, and I thought there's something really unpleasant and sinister that you wouldn't. I, I felt that like when I was watching it, this is wrong. But also, this feels like some sort of pervert's... You know, really dark, pervert's wet dream.
1: Even Knock Knock, that is ridiculously poor, feels like it's been written by somebody with deep sexual problems and anger issues as well. Yeah, I think it's what his... I listened to him trying to intellectualise what he was doing. But this also had a timidity to it. Like, it didn't do anything interesting. You know, like... I'm going to spoiler it I don't care. you can uh fast forward if you really want to see knock knock like ultimately Keanu Reeves is buried up to his neck in the garden, and the the greatest horror of the entire film supposedly is he is a a phone is put in front of him of a video of him having sleeping with one of these girls and is posted on the internet and I'll remind you this is about 20 minutes after his best friend has been murdered in his house and he's going no no why why I mean it's such a shame Keanu Reeves has said yes to this film because for all you know people he has his critics doesn't he but I think he's Utterly, utterly likable as a leading man in most things. Yeah. He appears to be doing a Nicolas Cage impression in this film. He's not using his own accent, which is weird. Yeah. He's not just being, you know, he's actually good. He's doing that more gravelly cage thing. Okay. And sort of giving a bit of an overblown Nicolas Cage performance as well. So don't watch how many Davids? Uh, absolutely none. None? <laughs> no Davids whatsoever.
2: Zero Davids? Yeah. Well, maybe you should listen to one of Dobby's
1: Christmas podcasts instead. <laughs> instead, as a palate cleanser. Um, no, I mean there is. This film wasn't even offensive. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's, didn't it didn't even manage to be that? It's just trousers.
2: Should we go to letters?
1: Yes, please.
2: Oh. What. Here's one from Terry Forbes. What does Terry want? He's from Aberdeen. Aberdeen,
1: now we're done. want
2: me to read it? Yeah. Do yeah, Scottish accent. How's your Scots? S- Scotland. <laughs> Scotland. <laughs> Why are you doing a lisp? Scotland. Okay. Dear David, Marican buddy, and occasionally Danielle, intrigued by your discussion about Ripley being a gender-neutral character, I read online that the remake of Logan's Run is looking to have a female lead. The Crow reboot is also going... Is, I'm really struggling trying to concentrate. The Crow reboot is going to have a female <laughs> villain, Andrea Rithborough. And of course, there's the Ghostbusters reboot. What are your thoughts on this trend? Personally, it seems like Hollywood's way of making the same old films with a modern spin. Not saying these movies won't be great. But surely it would be better to write a new movie with a decent female lead. Are there any movies which we'd like to see redone with a gender swap lead? Die Hard and Emily Blunt as Joanna McLean, for example. Or Pretty Woman with Ryan Gosling as Victor Ward. <laughs> okay, the last one's a joke. I think that'd be good. Keep watching the films. Terry Forbes. Ayuso says, P.S., Oh, I was surprised to read that originally Spock was going to be cast as a female character. Imagine that, Captain Kirk in a barely disguised sexual tension with Spock.
1: Can't decide if it would have been terrible or awesome. Is that in the original series or in the new film? Oh, I, don't I don't know. Well, but for one, I think, without going too right on about it, we're, it's, it's 2015 and we still don't have decent female lead characters. I mean, that's ridiculous. So, if action films specifically often don't have a sexual element to them other than flirting. So they are utterly interchangeable between g- uh, gender. You can have um Charlize Theron leading Mad Max Fury Road just as much as you can have Bruce Willis leading a Die Hard movie. I yeah. have no problem with it at all. And to be honest, it's going to be better for, you know, young people to see role models of both genders in in all all walks of life in my opinion. So long may it continue. Um it would be good if there were more writers who were capable of writing uh, in more nuanced films leading women who weren't weren't drips you know or harridans or any of the old archetypes you get. It. so um, no I'm absolutely fine with it it does seem to be the flavour of the month thing to do when I'm ho- in Hollywood is gender swapping uh, to a female Wait, they're probably so from a male script. And so I'm hoping scared. they're doing it for the right reasons I mean, other so than they go, scared. hey, there's money in that.
2: Well, that's the thing. I mean, they're so scared of doing it because they're dicks that they think, oh, if we do it with a known franchise, we'll give it that publicity.
1: I mean, I think when there are as many... Uh, female-led massive blockbuster films as male-led will know that finally the money is making sense because those guys just do what makes the money and marvel uh which i I think is disney still isn't it is um still terrified of doing a female-led superhero movie like which is bizarre utterly bizarre but you know if they did it and none of us went to see it, it would only be our fault, wouldn't it? Yeah, Siberia moves as shit though. They are, but you know what I mean, they're almost the litmus test of what they're willing to do because they go, they're they're clearly only about money, those films. Mm. And so, they're going, we won't make money if Scarlett Johansson gets her own movie. That's what they're saying. I was going to, because I love her. (laughs) Here is an email from
2: Con Lavelle. Con Lavelle? Okay. What accent? He says "Stan" for Eminem when he sings that song. Stan.
1: <laughs> That's just shouted. That's really annoying. Just ignore it then. <laughs> oh, he says for reasons that will become clear. Yeah. Okay. Uh, it's just an angry American Stan. Do you remember it? Not really. Dear Mister, I'm too big to call my friends. It's I that thing. Dear David and Merrick, first off, if any of your listeners ever mistaken, an actor in a film. For years, I thought that the guy playing Stan in that music video was Jeremy Renner, wearing a prosthetic nose. Why would you assume that? Only recently, I found out it was actually the guy out of Final Destination, and that was his real nose. The second reason for the Stan voice is that, very much like Stan, you ain't read none of my emails, bitches. You constantly give out a, about not getting enough emails in, but don't read out mine. And we're not going to continue reading this one. <laughs> <laughs> well, you can't do that. Um, well, we can if we want to. We, we miss emails every now and again. You reading ahead, seeing if there's anything yeah, in it. Yeah, I'm going to carry on reading it. Do it then. Um... The final thing I've wanted
2: to dream about is actors becoming victims of their own success. Take the example of Jamie Renner. I know Derry isn't his biggest fan. I agree that his recent performances have been bland. But in his early roles, he is awesome. For example, in The Town, he plays the role of a scumbag psycho and owns every scene he's in. I think he's fallen victim to a phenomenon that has hit Robert De Niro, Pacino, Spacey, Hopkins, Nicholson and Hoffman. This goes on. If you agree that great actors often become lazy imitations or even laugh or parody themselves... Why do you think this happens? Is it just they get typecast? Or do do screenwriters aim to leech off the actor's image? Or are they just not doing save kids so they can dial it in for easy money? Keep watching the films, Con.
1: It's it, casting directors. I, I don't think it's just casting directors. I think as soon as you become... As soon as you reach a certain level of success, uh, it is not just you making the decisions. You're managed. You've got a huge group of people around you telling you things all of the time. And I think... If you're slightly insecure about it, it would be very easy to believe everything you're told. They just go, the reason you're successful is this. This is exactly what people want, so you're going to do this now. Otherwise, tomorrow all this may not be here anymore. Like, with De Niro, it's different. I think De Niro is just bored of being violent because he's probably not a very violent person, and he's and he's older now, and he's got kids, so he'll want to do more kid-friendly stuff. Of course, he will. I mean, none of us want to see it, but that'll just be because he's wealthy and secure and happy, isn't it? I mean, that that seems to be what happens to the older actors when they do it. They're not sort of they they've got nothing to kick against anymore because they're just so wealthy and content. Yeah. Um, Jeremy Renner, I you know Hurt Locker, he's quite good in. I, I just haven't enjoyed anything he's done since.
2: Oh, I agree, he's been a but he couldn't hurt Locker, but he's just done just been an unlucky run, maybe. Yeah. Um. Well, uh, all
1: right. Um, if you'd like to email us, then please do, and we will read them out eventually, or we'll forget, in which case, just email us and tell us that. Um, but you can do so at dearfilmfandango at gmail.com. Or you can talk to one another on Facebook, forward slash Film Fandango, Or you can tweet us, at Film Fandango, at Mr. David Reed, or at Marit Larwood.
2: All right. Well, I went to see a film. No, I
1: didn't. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Goodbye.
2: I watched a film I hadn't seen before. We've been playing the IMDb game, which is working away first top 300 films. And I thought, I can't be able to see that. Then I recorded a film off the television. Now,
1: I really hate Westerns. I, yeah, I'm not a big fan of westerns. There's the, a couple of brilliant ones, but the the ones that used to be on sort of like Sunday mornings on telly, I, cu- I can't stand all of that stuff. There's so many of them, aren't there? Yeah, bloody boring because they just made studio westerns. It was John Wayne who was drunk most of the time, just doing things by numbers, and it really put me off the whole thing. Mm. Me too, absolutely the same. And and then yet yeah, when you watch films like uh, The Good or Bad, or The Ugly, or um, uh, once Upon a Time in the West or whatever. Brilliant. I even thought Once Upon a Time in the West was quite boring. Did you? Yeah. Um, Isn't it copied off a Kurosawa film? And in fact, he had to acknowledge that in the end. It's uh, so similar to one of the Kurosawas. Possibly. Anyway, I read that recently. I watched a film that's been recommended.
2: Well, look, I should, I should see this film. It was number 242 on the be chart. You are really racing ahead yes. in the top And now it's gone up. I've given it a, a high rating. I gave it nine maricks. It's gone up to 223, probably on the strength of my... Your one vote, which shows just how many people are voting in the top 250. It was made in 1952. It's a Western. Can you guess what it is, listeners? It's High Noon. High Noon. Now, who is in High Noon and what's it about? The great thing about High Noon is it got people... Like, Gary Cooper is the lead in High Noon. And I don't know... I've heard about Gary Cooper... But I can't remember seeing him in things... Um, you know, a big star of the, the uh, of the sort of 40s and 50s... Well, 30s, 40s and 50s. 20s, 30s, 40s and 50s. Uh, and he died in 1961. And I not can't really remember seeing him in the films. I know who he was. He is the sheriff or the marshal in this town. Uh, he's got an assistant, um, Lloyd Bridges...
1: No playing a straight role. Right, How yeah. old is he?
2: Lloyd Bridges is really young in this, so Aww. he's fifty-two. So Lloyd Bridges nineteen thirty well Lloyd Bridges is well he's actually he's thirty-eight in you know, it, but he looks much younger. And it has also the beautiful Grace Kelly. Um and an a Spanish a Mexican actress story called Katie Girardo, who's looks stunning as well. So you've probably got two of the big beauties of the age, Grace Kelly and Katie Girardo. Uh, you know, the blonde and the Mexican one. Yeah. This is... If ever there was a triumph of casting of the leads, you've got four dream leads. So Gary Cooper gets married. uh, The film opens. Gary Cooper's getting married to Grace Kelly. The Marshall's getting married. Yeah. uh, Big deal, I assume, in the West. The three bad guys are coming in... Oh, no. ...to meet the bloke that Gary Cooper um, put in jail... Uh, five years ago, who's a bit of a psychopath. And he's gone out. No, he's been found not guilty at a different court. He's arriving on the noon train. Okay. So the three outlaws are waiting from the train. Gary Cooper uh, gets married. He decides to go off and have his honeymoon. And he realises he can't leave the town with this psychopath mad guy coming back. So he wants to get a posse together to try and, uh, you know, to fight them when they they're yeah. obviously going to start kick off. It's almost like an Aesop's fable, really. Of it's so tightly written, you know. It's, it's a simple story yeah. of just the marshal going round asking people, "Will they help him?" A so, bit like the Samaritan... you know, so sort of getting uh, the team together.
1: Yeah, it's and, it's the same as getting the band back together, but isn't
2: it? Everyone sort of not being un- unwilling to do it. It's so simple. And then it's leading up to a confrontation. Is that yeah? It? It's it, perfect. And it's got, and you've got the whole thing's been used in many films before of the ticking clock. And you've got the sort of
1: song, in, or you would have heard from the westerns. Have you? And, have you played any of the Mass Effect uh, games on the Xbox or no, PlayStation no, no. or whatever? Just a little as like that is the exact structure of those games. <laughs> where you go around getting a team together, and you're leading up to one final showdown at the end. It's but a in, great
2: structure, it's so simple, and it, it looks great. Gary Cooper's just—you can tell—he looks, you know, he's had his twilight. He's, he's in the end of his as an older man. He's just getting to the age now where he's too old to be the old leading man. He looks a bit But way you think
1: he needs a posse.
2: Yeah. so you don't believe he could do. Lloyd Bridges is this young buck who wants to be have his own things. They've all got their own. All the characters seem to have their own stories. Grace Kelly's in love with him, but she feels that he's let he like puts the town before her. Katie Girardo, who you saw before, is this sort of dark Mexican woman. She's stunning. She owned um, this bar. So you've got two, I um, you know, two real and purely too you know quite sexist way. Two two real on-screen beauties, but yeah. who also aren't just do, do they, they join in the defence of the town they, or? They, they're two caps in their own right with their own stories ok it's just it feels like a really great simple well done classic film I've thoroughly enjoyed it I give it 9 marricks oh great if you're put off westerns for the fact it's like I'll oh, just people you know some I, I think like you I've got stuck in my psychology that it's boring Sunday afternoon terrible films yeah Rubbish shooting things. This isn't about. This is about some. It's about something else. It looks beautiful. Uh, you've got great actors.
1: Watch High Noon, a uh, 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 brilliant western. Well, there you go, there you go. We haven't checked in with the uh, the IMDb game recently. Have you moved? I haven't tour? done City Lights yet. I'm sort of, I'm just covering all my other gaps. All right. Watch High Noon. Give it a high rating. Push it up IMDb. So I'm... now, I think you've just found a way to game. Uh, the IMDb game of simply go around giving very high ratings to films you have already seen <laughs> until until you've seen the entire list pay people maybe maybe some people in uh, countries with poor economies to rate IMDb films you've already it's seen it's not that important this game well there's a pretty good uh, prize for winning isn't there which is um, the status of having won the IMDb game on film Pandango Um, Well, High Noon, I want to see it. I want to see it. Um, Well, thank you, everybody, for listening in. We will be back next week with yet more films. Keep watching the films.